Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It is the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me, as always, are my good buddies, Eddie Guevara, Chuck Caputo, and Sherry Caputo. What's up, everyone? Everything's good, guys. How are you? Hello. All right, all right. Well, it is a, man, it is a beautiful day today. We're uh, recording this Tuesday, February 7th, (laughs) and here in Northeast Ohio, it's like almost like springtime out here. Yeah. The weather doesn't know what it wants to do. Cold, snow, hot, warm, who knows what's going on, but... Ah, uh, you know, aside from the weather here, let's uh let's hit up some announcements real quick here. Just got one real quick announcement. Um, so as everybody knows, there is the Rondo Hatton Classic Film Awards over at the um Classic Horror Film Board. So what these are every year they do awards for classic horror and sci-fi. So this year this is the 21st uh, awards that they're doing. And a few weeks back, I had nominated House of the Unusual for uh, Best Podcast, which hopefully if they pick our nomination out of the uh, the thread, it'll go on to the actual ballot. So we want everybody out there to go on to the thread, nominate House of the Unusual for the Best Podcast. Best way to get there is go over to houseoftheunusual.com in our forum site. I have a, a thread going, House of the Unusual Best Podcast. You could find the links there to that thread. If you don't have a profile with classic horror film board make a quick profile and you could go on to that link and just put us in best podcast house of the unusual hopefully if they get enough they'll put us on the actual ballot and once the ballot comes out which i believe it's going to be sometime at, right after the super bowl we could you know we're going to update that and push for us to hopefully get not get best podcast or somewhere around there so i know the from the last time I looked at the thread the other day, he said right after the, the Super Bowl is over is when the nominations will close. So everybody out there, hurry up, jump on there and throw us a nomination. So that's all I got for announcements for this week is last week we had a whole bunch of them. But this week I just wanted to stick to that one right there and head it over to Chuck and Sherry to see how you guys are doing. So what's new? All right, pretty good. We're, this is a first. We're over our son's house. We were, we were running all around. We walked in the cemetery and uh, – so we figured we better <laughs> stop here and do the uh, podcast. But, uh, yeah, keeping busy doing shows and uh, coming up with a few new ideas and so forth. And, uh, Sherry, what about you? Oh, not too much happening in here. <laughs> Still working on my sea monkeys. They should be hatching any day now. When did so, you uh, put them in the water? Uh, about almost five. Well, I think today would be five days ago. Okay. What's the uh, – I can't remember. What's the time frame that they hatch? Between five and seven days. Okay, perfect. So hopefully, I've been uh, aerating it, you know, with a little spoon. And a few times I dumped it, like it said, to dump it into a glass, go back and forth a couple times to get the oxygen in the water. Okay. Gently. So I've been doing that, and um, we'll see. I just... I don't know. See if these little buggers will grow. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you'll have a full family of sea monkeys. Make sure you take pictures or video and all that. And oh, definitely. Throw it, on the, throw it on the forum under the thread for the sea monkeys and add it to our, our family of sea monkeys, which I still have to do mine. Maybe I'll start that this yeah, week. That would, yeah, that would be cool. Hey, we watched a movie, Sherry's favorite, on Spengoli the other night. The creature from 
the Black Lagoon. Yeah, the goon from the Black Lagoon. Nice. That's a wonderful movie. I I love it. Was it the first one? Yeah, 19, well, was, oh, I guess in 1954. What one would that yeah. be? Yeah. yeah, that's the first one. So, Joe, Joe, it hit me when I was watching it again. Julie Adams, who was the, the star, you know, the girl with the synchronizing swimming and the and all that, the, the star of the show, between, besides the creature, of course. Um, it hit me, her eyes, and I was looking her up. And sure enough, she, she is on Murder, She Wrote. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She was. Um, I'm just looking at Eve Simpson. Yeah, that's right. She's a cra- crazy real estate agent. <laughs> She's a big flirt. She's always um, flirty with the boys or all the guys. It's so funny. I said, I can't believe that's her. She lived to be what 92. I believe 92. That. Yeah, died in in 2019. And I tell you what, I seen mm-hmm. her at Monster Bash where I got her and Rico Browning's autograph oh, nice. um, on a creature. Um, a creature uh, photograph of him holding her. And I tell you what, even in her late eighties at the time, she still looked fantastic. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish I would have seen her. Yeah. I like some of the, some of the stats that uh, Sven Goldie said on there. He said there was two different creatures. One was on the land or on the boat. The different outfits. Yeah. yeah and, and, and the second costume was worn by a swimmer and uh, he would hold his breath up to four minutes long. I mean, imagine that swimming underwater. Yeah, that was uh, Rico Browning. He was the um, he was the the creature underwater. Okay. He was, the, uh, he was a stunt man, and he was a he, he did a lot of other stuff, but he was a a, a swimmer, not a professional swimmer. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the guy who did the uh, the Gilman on the land. Uh, ben Chapman. That's who it was. Oh, that's ben it. Chapman did it on the land. Yeah, that's yeah. It. So they actually had two going back and forth there. I tell you, that was a cool movie. I always liked it, and I loved the scenery and everything. It's just hard to believe that that uh, woman would go swimming, synchronized swimming, where there was like an alligator that came in the water just not too far away from there. And murky. murky. You know what I mean? There's no way. Yeah. I tell you, what's cool about the when Rico Browning was doing his underwater scenes, they had divers under there with oxygen tanks for him, so that way he could take some oxygen and remain underwater so they could keep filming under there. Cause I'm sure, you know, that, that suit would get waterlogged and it was heavy as heck. So oh, you know, they, they try to film it quick and, you know, keep him underwater rather than going back and forth. Yeah, that's true. Chuck said that when um, the creatures walking out there, when he was um, like, I guess was that, what was that stuff they were shooting at him? Did that like drug him or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he was walking all crazy and disoriented, Chuck goes, "Oh, that looks like him. It looks like me when I get up in the morning <laughs> <laughs> before his coffee, stumbling around. Yeah, stumbling around." I said, "Yeah, it kind of does." <laughs> get Chuck his coffee early in the morning, right out of bed. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And my hands look like that too, you know, like, uh, before I crack my knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> I tell you what, that costume was uh, that costume was just absolutely fantastic, and all the work that went into it, yeah, was just was just crazy. And the the lady that actually designed that costume was uh, she was a Disney animator. Her name was Melissa Melissa Patrick. Oh, and nice. She was she was absolutely gorgeous. So you look at her, you would think, oh, this girl was a model or showgirl or something, but she was an animator she did makeup artists special effects and everything and she did a fantastic job on that i mean if you you could find it online some of her her drawings and sketches oh check in the the way man are just fantastic and and a lot of her work that she did 
for animation, you know, she did some scenes on uh, Fantasia, Dumbo. Nice. So all those old, you know, Disney cartoons are, right. are credit to her. And it's really sad because she's not really that well known. I, there was a few years ago, somebody put out a book on her, uh, like a biography. And I, I have it. I haven't read it yet, but I flipped through it. And there's tons of cool photos in there of, of her work and, and just of her. So, you know, she's really kind of like an unsung hero of the horror industry yeah, you the nation as a whole. Wow, she is talented. Where was that filmed at, Joe? Do you know, was was that on location in a particular place? Where was that, uh, where was that movie filmed? By the way, Michael Mesmer here. Oh, Michael, oh, what's up? Hey, Michael. Just hanging loose. I was listening to your conversation. And uh, yeah, Melissa and Patrick, that's such a sad story in a sense, because, you know, Michael or Westmore at the time, he didn't want to relegate any of his uh, credential to her. And uh, in the credits of the film, they don't even mention Millicent. And yet she was the one that designed the creature. And as Sven had noted on the show Saturday, you know, she based that off of the Oscar uh, statue combined with an old uh, woodcut was for the head that she chose. And then she combined them. And yeah, yeah. they did send her out on a little uh, press junket uh, because they thought it'd be good to have a woman come out and do that. But uh, the deal was that she never really received the credit for that. Uh, and uh, so I'm glad she's getting a lot more acknowledgement now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems like over the last few years, a lot of people have been acknowledging her a lot more. And I wish it was more predominant in, in the industry because her, you know, what she contributed to classic horror and, and classic animation is just, oh, you know, well, just the, amazing. the creature was definitely the monster of the 1950s. The big monster of the 1940s was, of course, the Wolfman, but Frankenstein in the 30s. But the 50s was definitely the creature, and so yeah, it is sad. And and answering your question, Chuck, uh, they shot that film uh, two locations. The underwater was all done in Florida, and the uh, everything else you see was done in, in Universal Studios back lot. And they still have wow. the lagoon is still there in different form, but it's still there where they actually shot that wow. uh, underwater tank there as well at Universal. Um, and, but yeah, for many years, uh, they kind of also tried to keep sort of Rico Browning a secret because Ben Chapman wanted to say he was the creature. And so there was a, actually for many, many years, there was a little bit of a conflict there between the two of them. And then eventually I think they kind of reconciled and both of them would sign autographs together and things like that. But oh, that's, that's nice. I tell you the thing that kind of amazed me too. Well, well you figured that movie's about 68 years old, I believe somewhere around there. And, uh, you know what? The uh, scuba gear hasn't really changed all that much. I mean, th uh, the one thing that Sherry noticed is that they don't, they 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 didn't wear the uh, the you know the tight skin uh, thing that uh, the wetsuits. You know what I mean? But uh, but as far as the scuba gear, I mean, it looked pretty much the same. Maybe a little variation compared to what we have now. You know, as yeah. opposed to like in the early 1900s where where they had the big round thing they put on top of your head a diving suit yeah yeah and, yeah and i tell you what i when i met rico browning along with julia adams they were two of the nicest people you would ever want to meet i mean they oh. would take they were taking pictures with everybody giving hugs out handshakes and they were just they were so you know happy that that people were still recognizing them and still celebrating them you know and they were in their their late 80s you know and oh. unfortunately julie adams passed away rico browning's still alive he's 92 oh my. you know I, I it was it was like they were just happy to be remembered for these yeah. roles and of course all of them had a had you know great careers they did a lot of different stuff but everybody remembers them from the creature from the black lagoon and they were just they were just loving it all the attention and oh, they couldn't nice. have been nicer people so it's always 
it's always fantastic to meet you know these golden age actors and actresses because they're they're really just down to earth people. Well, and Enrico Browning went on to quite a career. I mean, he did, he did a lot of underwater choreography, including for Thunderball with Sean Connery. Uh, and so that was his first foray at that time. He's a very young man uh, with, during the uh, creature, but he went on to a pretty prolific career doing underwater uh, choreography for diving scenes and everything. And like I say, including uh, one of my favorites, Thunderball with, with James Bond and Sean Connery. Oh. And he also did the uh, under, he also directed the underwater scenes for uh, Caddyshack as well. Right. In 1980. Oh, and, um, wow. and, you know, we were just talking about the Rondo Hat Hatton classic awards and in 2019, he got inducted to the Monster Kid Hall of Fame there. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So they were, uh, it, it's really cool to, to read about these, you know, because a lot of times we, we look at these actors and actresses from these classic horror films and we just know them from, you know, or not just know them, but we really recognize them from there. But they've done so much, you know, throughout their careers and a lot of really cool stuff, you know, where they went on to writing directing or special effects or stunts and everything like that so it's it's really cool to read about them and see everything that they they've done in their life yeah, yeah and that creature movie is iconic and you know they went on with the creature course and eventually they had it they had him on land like off his gills and so it, it's an interesting progression with that character in general right and, and real quick too is that in uh i was just reading in 2012 um oh excuse me uh, Julie Adams, she was inducted to the Rondo Monster Kid Hall of Fame as well. So both of them are in the Hall of Fame there. So that's really that's cool. Too. Yeah. It, so, Mike, what's real quick? Let's move on from that because we got a lot to talk about today. So, Mike, what's been uh, new with you? Any good shows coming up? Well, you know, I'm doing a lot of shows, but of course, my book will be releasing exactly one month from today Ghost Transfer, A Hymnist Among the Spirits. Very excited. I, I went on Google last night. And Kind of blown away because the publishers have gotten it out where it's on almost every major site from Amazon to Walmart to uh, oh, nice. So it's pretty exciting to go online and see the book, you know, being offered on so many different platforms and so many places on the internet. But I'm really excited about it and getting more excited by the day. And it's on pre order, so people can go out and order it now. And uh, by the way, in Scary Monsters 130, there'll be excerpt from the book printed in there as well as i'm i took out an ad as well but there'll be an excerpt from the book in scary monsters this upcoming issue oh nice that, that's great we'll have to get you on you know right when that book releases and uh definitely drop us a line when it does remind us because we'll put it up on the forum site as well sure. and we'll advertise it on there and a few other like uh classic horror film board and uh universal monster army Make sure we get it out to people because I'm sure that'll be a, a definite pickup, you know, for a lot of people. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And then I'm just doing shows locally here. I'm lecturing uh, next week at a club, Magic Club locally, and um, just having a good time. Getting ready to have a great year. And, you know, so excited that, um, you know, to be part of this today because I always love to be with you guys. Oh, well, we thank you. <laughs> You're making us blush. <laughs> Very I'm so, cool. I, I'm so embarrassed. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fanning my face right now. <laughs> it's just, uh, you guys are the best. It's always fun. Uh, and boy, we love you, Mike. I've, I've loved Don't you. worry, Mike. Your check's in the mail. <laughs> uh, I've loved seeing Chuck's, Chuck's videos lately. You know, they're so cool. I just love all the magic uh -huh. videos. And uh, I, I've been enjoying watching them. And, yeah, it's very cool. And, of course, 
uh, Sherry and everybody. It's just, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, well, really appreciate it. Glad to have you and everybody else on here. And, uh, you know, we're going to move it over to Eddie at House of the Unusual Proper and see what is going on with him. So what's up, Eddie? Yeah, well, first of all, I wanted to mention you guys, you all forgot to mention Clean Eastwood. In that movie, The Creature, he was the scientist. And I believe it was his first appearance ever. Really? Yeah. Oh my, I didn't know that. Wasn't that uh, in the second film? I'm not sure, but I think... Or it, the... or it could be the second, but I know Clean Eastwood made, uh, he was the scientist. Yeah. No, I think it's the first one, uh, Mike. I'm going to look it up right now, because now I'm I'm kind of yeah, yeah, on a blank on it. Let me check real quick. You know, yeah, been... I didn't. I didn't notice if that was him. Yeah, that was the first time Clean so he was the scientist on the film. Yes. And that's the first time he actually appeared in uh Wow. In in uh, on any motion picture. So that's that's something that kinda I, I thought you guys were gonna mention it, but uh, Wow, I didn't even cool. know that. What does it say, Joe? You look Yeah, like... uh, he was in Revenge of the Creature. Okay, Revenge he was lab, lab technician uh Jennings. Yep, that's the first time he ever appeared. Well, it's the second part, but obviously he didn't wow. see it in the first. Yeah, oh, so we're gonna, it was we're gonna have to check. Oh, it was the 1955. We're yeah, he, he was uncredited, yeah, and that was one of his, his first acting roles. He did, had four acting roles that year, Ooh, and that was his uh, first. And that was out at Marineland uh, right here in Southern California. In fact, they did a Munster special for Marineland at one point as well that you can catch on Tubi. You know... What I what I wanted to bring to the table was kind of interesting. Last night I, I actually stayed pretty late watching, reading. Actually, I decided to, for whatever reason, put up um, Honor House Products Corp. You know, everybody knows I deal with mail order and all that yeah. stuff. And the reason I actually googled that name was the fact that the night before, I was blown away. I mean, I thought my collection was big and stuff, but I thought there was those one guys as monsters in my basement, YouTube channel and stuff like that. And this guy went through a guy's basement, and this guy makes me look like, I guess, I say like Joe to another collector, because you know how Joe only has comic books? Wow. I, Joe, I honestly, it was like 28 minutes long, and he just basically had every possible Aurora monster. And then I went out to see another video with the same guy that was doing that video, and he was showing all the Haunted Mansion uh, sap action and not the Pirates of the Caribbean, but he had the four haunted mansions that were put out by MPC in the early 70s. And yeah. I was fascinated because the work they did on that truck and Joe and Mike, the work is phenomenal. The, the person who airbrushed that stuff was just amazing. The oh, way yeah. did everything. But in the process, when I did uh, Google Honor House products, I thought it was funny. Now, I made a print of it, but unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to read it because I really printed it really small. But I guess you guys can look at it. If you look at Honor House uh, and you hit images, but you have to write Honor House Products Corporation. And I put 35 Wilbur Street where it was located. And then you Google it and hit images. And there's one called the Mad Mystery Company. Now, the Mad Mystery Company or some, some guy who had a blog was actually, he goes under the name Mr. Castle. He actually um, used to be an old customer of mine from like 2010. Uh, and and um, I realized he, you know, he kind of said a couple of nice things about me, and then I realized who he was. And his name is Danny. He's all the way out in California. I would love to get him on, but he's been, you know, collecting for many, many years. And me and him were always constantly on the phone talking, but we haven't talked since 2011, 2012. And I was able to last night communicate with him, and he was like shocked that it was me. And I started sending him a bunch of the. Uh, storage facility photographs and the items 
and at the same time, I'm, I was looking, I was like, you know, my collection is probably as big as those that I saw. The only problem is mine is not in display. I have right, right. So he goes to me, you look like the Forrest J. Ackerman's house, he wrote me. <laughs> and, he said, um, <laughs> and I go, I don't know, it looks more like the Titanic. Than I have to. <laughs> and, and then he went to compare me also to the Captain Company from Famous Monsters. And I go, well, it feels that way because every time I go to my storage, I'm opening boxes. I'm discovering things I never even had. I mean, knew I had. But right. one thing that I'm going to bring up to the table was, I thought it was funny, again, getting back to Googling a house of the, um, I'm sorry, Honor House. Uh, there's one particular guy. His name is Mikey C. It says Ventura, California. And he gives Honor House a five star. But the only reason he gave it five stars is because he was going to complain. He goes, uh, 50 something <laughs> years later, goes, that I, I, he says, I was nine at the time and I sent away. Now, I'm just kind of reading it off because I can't read it anyway. I, I can't see it. But it says, I was nine at the time and I sent away my dollar and, and 25 cents postage for the x-ray glasses. And it was kind of funny. And excuse the term, uh, Sherry. He goes, I wanted to see some boobs. And <laughs> yeah. I, re I read that, Eddie, when you sent me the email. That was hilarious. That, that oh. is so, so you know what I'm talking about? And he says, I'm complaining now 50 years later, you know. But then at the end, he kind of says, I was kind of glad and I wish I... In a sense, I guess he was saying he wished he could have those moments again. But um, I was reading a lot of that stuff. And let me tell you, if if you look at a lot of the mail order stuff back then, it reminisces so much with the time of that, you know, with us. And, mm -hmm. and, and it kind of brings us back in time. And I was surprised even a couple of females on different threads because I just started reading like different boards and they go back like Universal Monster Army, a lot of them. And it was interesting, the stuff that people wrote. And I was shocked, too, that I was involved in a couple of those back then. Um, and my name did show up a couple of times that I was inputting stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. one of them, I noticed I had a little item there that was wrong. I forgot what it was. But um, the point is that it was fun. And I spent the entire night doing that. And it kind of made me look at my whole collection and say, you know what? I got to make my house like Joe. Joe did say he was going to give me his house for me to, you know, display everything there but i don't know if he's going to keep his promise but um uh, where i'm standing all right joe go ahead bring yeah it. there's there ain't much room here left with, with my collection all over the place <laughs> you could try to stuff it in but it'll i don't think we'll have room to walk around or look at it <laughs> i need to get a storage facility like you have actually you know what to be honest with you i was thinking that um, i'm gonna go like actually today uh i took a couple of days off to work on that and tomorrow and I'm actually going to probably get rid of a lot of like the furniture things I have in there uh, because it would be so nice to be able to display your whole collection out like that and open. Because I got to tell you, that guy's, I mean, I don't know how the guy put it in his basement. I think he's crazy. Uh, but he has a massive collection. And you guys can see the channel. I think it was called Monsters in My Basement or something like that. But it's like 28 minutes, 38 minutes long. And this guy has everything that has to do with universal monsters i think he bought every possible collectible out there and wow. then there is another guy also which also had another collection like that i think it must have been a guy who must have owned a model shop and he had all the models like almost every single one of them and then thirdly there's another guy that i was starting to watch but you know it's like 4 30 in the morning <laughs> yeah my my 50 year old collection and this guy was collecting bottles tin cans 
but he had everything organized. It was kind of interesting to look into that. Wow. I tell you what, if, if you want to really look at some cool old monster stuff, and there's even some newer stuff in there, is if you go over to uh, Universal Monster Army, the the chat website that with all the, the forums, you have to have a membership to, to look at the section. But if you sign up or if you're already in there, at the top bar, it says media. So if you click on the media button, it takes you to just tons of threads of old classic monsters. And they're all, you know, sectioned off. Like there's a Frankenstein section, Dracula, Wolfman, oh, uh, all the universal monster ones. There's some miscellaneous stuff, some monster ads. But, man, I, you could spend hours and hours on there looking at stuff. And the other day I was perusing on there. I'm like, I'm going to check to see if there's some stuff on eBay and I tell you what, about half the stuff you couldn't even find. It's it's so rare and hard to find. And if you did find the stuff on eBay, the prices were just outrageous. Oh, you know, Joe, there is just some cool things on there. Well, Joe, one thing I wanted to mention, now that you said that, this is kind of interesting. I guess only you guys really know. I don't know out there how many people, but when I started selling the Six with Frankenstein and the skeleton, I mean, the skeleton, the Dracula, I used to print them in black and white. And, you know, I sold hundreds of those in black and white. When you start looking, and this is really bizarre, the monsters in my basement, the guy that's got the massive collection, when they start going down to the basement, he's got the black and white Dracula on the right. He's got a Zach uh, on the left. Oh, and I'm trying to figure out who he is because I know definitely he bought that from me. They are mine. No one's ever made them in black and white, you know? Yeah. And he has also the Frankenstein. But going down the stairs, that's all they show of it. You could see it. As they're going, and you can see a full size Zachary, but I'm just saying it was kind of funny though because I know he's bought for me. I would love. I'm gonna Google it a little more to see who he is. Yeah, great yeah. to have him in our show, man. Really yeah, awesome. that would that would be great. Hey Eddie, getting back to that article that that guy wrote back when he was a kid, the one part that stood out to me, he said after he mailed his dollar in plus twenty five cent postage or something. He said he forgot about the order because he has the attention span of a gnat. And remember? <laughs> it was hilarious. And, it, and then he said it about three weeks later, it came in the mail. And, oh. <laughs> I mean, I was I was laughing so hard before I went to sleep last night. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but I, I, I found it funny. He's giving it five stars 50 years later. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that's funny because that's like sometimes late at night, I'll be on Amazon or eBay and I'll, I'll find some stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, that's cool, and I'll, I'll buy it. And then, like, three days, four days later, a package <laughs> comes, and I'm like, what the heck is it? When did I order this? <laughs> you know, Joe, that always happens. Fury asked me today, what's that package? I, I said, I don't know. I had to open it up and see what it was, yeah. Oh, good, so I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. Oh. You know, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I get scared now because I may say all my stuff goes to the P.O. box because – Ever since we got the small, you know, smaller two-bedroom apartment from a three-bedroom, uh, my wife is always watching out what I bring into the <laughs> So I kind of sneak it in, and, and it was kind of funny, though, because my brother, you know, I love him to death, but instead of sending it to my P.O. box, he sent it here, sends me a huge box with, uh, what do you call those uh, collectibles? Joe, you have a lot of them, Bebops or whatever it is, bobbleheads. The, the pop vinyls? Yeah, yeah, the pop thing. He sent me a giant, uh, what what was it, uh, Frankenberry, uh, the blueberry, and the Count Chocolate. But they're like 
15 inches tall. So the, you know, the box was pretty large. Oh yeah. The, the big ones. Yeah. And, and my daughter gets it. And then of course she tells my other daughter, they start complaining that I'm a junk collector and I keep buying <laughs> stuff. And that, you know, that I'm, that I'm sick. They're going to have to call hoarders on me, the TV show. And then my yeah. wife, when I come in at night, the only thing she says to me, what is that? And it's a huge box. And I'm like, why did my brother send it here? <laughs> it's uh, hot. <laughs> and I, on average, I get between 10 to 15 packages a week. I, I'm always buying stuff. I, I love it. Wow. Your, your daughter wants to do an intervention with you, huh, Eddie? Yeah, she's been threatening me. That That's because they're saying, why are you paying $1,200 a month in storage facilities? Amen. But I got to tell you the truth, though, is I, I, I'm looking right now and I really don't know how to consolidate more into three because there's oh. really no space. And I'm, I opened up the other day a box that blew my mind away and I said, oh my God. Now, everybody knows I gave uh, Todd one of those uh, glasses he collects, the Underwaters Hakko Specs, I think it is. And I only thought in my mind I had gotten two of them. And, and now Todd, and we all know he's the master of sea monkeys, and old Harold Van Brohutsov, he had never seen one. And I gave him one, and that's actually what we became so good friends back about, I don't know, two, three years ago. And I thought I had sold another one for a hundred and some dollars years ago. And then my daughter says, no, daddy, you had four. And I go, how can I have four? Well, she was correct because my old, now this is my daughter who's 36. So she was at the time five years old when I had my magic shop. And she remembers playing with them. And I told her, leave them alone. Oh, wow. So, so I found another pair. So that, that means it's got to be another pair somewhere in my storage. And I actually made one of my videos. Now, if you guys look at my opening videos, you'll notice the first couple, four or five of them, the ones that have like a ghost image and black and white, they're kind of like crappy because I'm, I'm learning how to do the unboxing and set up the camera to do it better. So I'm actually, I didn't do for the last two or three weeks already. I haven't done any because I'm trying to set it up really nice so that you know it becomes more like a better thing i'm trying to imitate the guy from europe what's his name uh grand illusions because he gets millions of views and i want to do like set up in a table and have the products but i gotta tell you something though one of the coolest things that's happening to me right now is every time i go to my storage and i started opening as of about a month ago now boxes that i haven't opened in years oh. the stuff i'm finding in there is just blowing me away I mean, I found the Melton Company. Now, we all know the Melton Company sold the Sea Monkey. I mean, the Seven Foot Ghost and the robot plants that I never had. They also sold a Snow Village something for a dollar. I actually have that. I didn't know I had that. Wow. And as you guys remember, the Haunted House, too. It says you can build your own Haunted House and whatever it was for a dollar. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I yep. actually, I think I found the haunted houses together with it, but I left it in the storage because I didn't want to look through it because my hands were dirty. But I did find that, and I'm like, I didn't know I had that snow thing. So there's a lot of things. So to me, it's an adventure that each and every day uh. <laughs> closer to being a reality. And I know uh, what you mean. I mean, I just started clearing out my storage facility, my garage storage facility. And I went, I actually emptied two dumpsters and four giant trash cans. Wow. And oh, I'm, and I got I got 13 file cabinets and filled all those instantly <laughs> and uh, four high. And um, so I know what you mean, Eddie. And I'm actually finding things that I didn't know I had anymore as well. A lot of Universal Monster, um, 
action figures, all different things. Uh, a lot of hypnosis and magic things I didn't know I had anymore. Wow. Um, so I, I understand that discovery. And I still got another side, another single garage area storage that I've got to do that to at some point. But I took five days to do this and I'm exhausted. So. You, you, oh, you, know, yeah. you know what's really blowing me away? All right, go ahead, take a drink, Joe. But no one's found my plans, man. Uh, <laughs> take a drink. Thing. I, I can't understand how that's even possible with so many people that have collected so much stuff. Yeah, really. Listen, th this, those plans were advertised for more than 10 years. So there's got to be thousands out there. It's, people got to have them, but I just can't see them. And listen, guys, when Tour Shop Magazine was around, I, I remember I was looking for the 25 Lessons in Hypnotism, and I spent hundreds of dollars making phone calls. I finally got a, a copy of one of the original, which wasn't even the one with the man and the woman in the cover. And then eBay comes around and I was able to buy like another 30 copies. It's it, it's just crazy. It is crazy. Um, a lot of people probably have it. They're looking at it right now as we speak and they don't even know I'm looking for it all my life, you know? Yeah, that's true. And, and that's, but Mike, uh, you said you, did you find anything interesting with the hypnotic secret? That's something that sparked my in my eyes. <laughs> well, I have such an extensive, uh, extensive. I found uh, books on hypnosis, uh, and some from back in the eighteen, you know, eighteen eights, eighteen thirty, from Russia, and about suggestion, and just some interesting uh, antiquarian books on hypnosis in particular uh, that are just probably impossible to find these days. Uh, and so that was an interesting thing because. Uh, you look through them and magic books as well. I mean, and I found autographs from different people. Uh, you know, I before Mark Wilson, a very famous magician, released his, uh, you know, book on magic for teaching magic, the course on magic. Right. I was a member at the Magic Castle the very first year in 1976. And he came to the juniors and gave us all uh, that book in three ring binders before it was ever even printed. So I have that autograph by Mark and uh, he, he's just, so that's cool. I found you know, a lot of neat stuff, just stuff that I, I had just really forgotten about. In particular, I have a lot of, uh, I was over in Japan for a while performing and I found Ultraman and I have an Ultraman that shoots at a kaiju and it makes the kaiju flip around and uh, just really, really cool stuff that I had just really not thought about for very, very long. Very long time. I tell you, Michael, that's the thing that scares me because you know what, if something happens to me, I mean, my wife would not know what to do. I mean, there's just so much magic stuff packed away and books. And, yeah, it says he'll take everything. <laughs> that's that's why I started doing this because, you know, I thought about my daughter, you know, because she's going to be looking after this after I'm gone. And I don't want her to have to really know, you know, I, I must have about 6,000 comic books as well. And wow. so, the, and, uh, including some Golden Age uh, Marvel and, uh, so you know, all that. And so, you know, she would not know the difference and she would get somebody come in and want to buy right. these pennies on the dollar. So what I'm doing is trying to go through the comic books in particular right now and and get them all in order, get the DC separated from the Marvels, Independence, and also put the ones that are more valuable from the 60s, like my, you know, Fantastic Fours and all of that. Right, and, right. And all that separate so that she'll have some concept of what the values are. And I, mean, I, I even have Elvis's hair. What? <laughs> Whoa, that's a big one there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's a collectible there. That's a collectible. You probably can get a several thousand for that. Yeah, one. that's a big one. Oh my yeah, God. I, paid, I paid back in the in the eighties, I paid probably a thousand for it. It's not a big it's it I have letters from Priscilla and everything, but it's from the oh my it was goodness. from Card at Graceland and he just handed him a handful of hair one time when he was getting his hair cut and oh my 
Yeah, and I have I have a lot of Elvis memorabilia, you know, uh, from when he was at the Hilton in Vegas, uh, yeah. things that are worth quite a bit, and Elvis decanters, all that. Yeah. And you know, I have things like a plate signed by all the members of Kiss. They're a Kiss no, plate. I, yeah, hey, Kiss, Kiss you is know, very big. I like the I like the Elvis's hair though. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that I got is some the- hair. I got some hair from my pit bull. I don't know if that's. <laughs> hey, uh, you guys know the story of Neil Armstrong? When Neil Armstrong, uh, actually, when you say hair, just put it to memory. The reason he refused to sign autographs towards the end of his life was because one time he found out his barber was selling lots of his hair. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, and actually, that was, that's why sometimes his signatures worth so much money because he didn't actually wow. sign too many stuff because of that. Oh. <laughs> I think Joe, Joe, Joe bought some of his hair, didn't you, Joe? I got, I got a bunch of dog dog hair for sale. Anybody wants some dog hair? <laughs> yeah, glued Joe, on. So, hey, Joe, if if you ever become famous, I mean, right now you are the main guy of the podcast. You know, you can always sell your dog's hairs, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll sell my hair, the dog's hair, whatever I could find, whatever we'll sell. <laughs> sell them at a, you know, ten cents each. Yeah, ten oh. cents a hair. <laughs> uh, you know, guys, one of the things I want to say, especially when we're talking about all these collectibles and finding things here, uh, the the thing that I'm gravitating right now, I actually, in my job, there's a guy who used to be kind of like a COO or something like that of the Versace perfume line. The guy had a very big job even before he retired, give or take. And he actually said to me, hey, what are you doing with those pirate flags? Are you going to put them in the museum? I had talked to him about it a couple of months, weeks ago that they had approached me. I was just talking of whatever. And you know what? I'm really thinking of giving the, say, you know, the museum over in St. Augustine, Florida, the two pirate flags, because like he says, you're creating providence for it. That's right. You leave it there a couple of years and those flags will be worth thousands, you know? And um, I'm honestly, to be honest with you, the more and more I think about it, the more I think my, my, my collection should go display somewhere because what is it doing in storage in boxes? It's just, it's crazy, the stuff that I'm finding. Yeah. I mean, Joe already got a box or two. Chuck is getting, uh, of course, all you guys are going to get a box, including you, Mike. It's uh. just that I'm, I'm going in there and I'm just trying to, uh, to figure out what in the world and where things are located. Um, what is that book you want, Chuck, that I have? Oh, the uh, uh, the mystery school, uh, Jeff McBride. Yeah, that'd be a cool book. Yeah, I have one or two copies yeah. of that book still in its plastic. And like, let's be honest, why do I need two copies? You know, why do I need? And like Joe said, why do I need seven uh, Supermans? Or you know, uh, or what was that? The the robot from uh, Lost in Space. What do you have? Like twelve of those you bought? I, that actually, <laughs> no. You know, it's funny to say, but the robot from Lost in Space. I have like actually close to nineteen of those, uh, Joe. <laughs> They, you have a robot army, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Threadmasters made them, and they were like 1995 when they came out back 15 years ago, whatever it was, the 12-inch ones. And I bought one time, they were closing a, a store in the mall called Starlock Superstore, mm-hmm. and they had them for like 995 and I picked up like another six or seven of them. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, it's retarded, but I don't know. The one that you might be thinking of is Robbie the Robot. I have about nine of those. Yes, Joe. Those were cool. Yeah, they they, they were selling for twenty-two dollars or something, nineteen ninety-five in Walmart. Now they sell for like sixty-seven. But wow. I, I bought nine of them. <laughs> wow. wow! Getting back to the magic, Michael would know this. We just lost a really very talented uh, magician, uh, Scott Alexander. Oh yeah, uh, 
Yeah, he passed away. We saw him perform at the uh, at the Abbott's get together just before just before just before COVID hit 2019. Him and Puck, uh, they 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 did a, a like a show that was in homage to their mentor uh, Denny. Uh, yeah, you know Denny. Uh, what was his last name? I can't. Denny remember. Haney. Yeah, Denny Haney. Yeah, they did a nice uh, show for him. But he was only 52 years old. I mean, he was a brilliant, brilliant guy. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, Chuck, I uh, my bullet catch that I do in my show is based on his. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, I, I've changed a lot because he did it with a paintball. I do it with a riot ball, and it's very different in that respect. But it was his concept that got the original one going. And, uh, yeah, so I, I actually did a post about him, although I never met him, don't even know him, nothing mm-hmm. about him. But I do work with his, crea- his original creation in my show, and it's been a big hit for many years. So, uh, yeah, the magic, career, magic community is going to be at a great loss. But, you know, the other side of it, Chuck, is I've been thinking, I'm sure you, you may also, but I've thought about this at my advanced years, <laughs> that yeah. that if I die when I'm doing what I love and everything is yeah. just fine, you know, whether you're 52, your time comes when it comes. And the thing is, <laughs> he was on a cruise ship. He was performing. He was That's successful. Right. He was well-loved by everybody. So how can you find, you know, it could have been 30 years from now and nobody would care about him anymore. And yeah. You know, the deal is, if you can die when you're successful, it's not all that bad, really. No, no, you're right. He was on a cruise ship and he suffered a stroke, I think, a massive stroke. And then not too long ago, Max Maven went. Yeah. And uh, Tom Sony, uh, Johnny Thompson, uh, was he Max was, he was a from cancer, too. That was different. But yeah. Yeah. But, but you yeah. know, really, I mean, for me, I tell my wife and my daughter and my son every day, but I see them almost because, you know, we talk a lot. Not every day, but a lot of days. I'll say, you know, if I'm walking on stage or I'm doing a gig and I and I die instantly, that's a great way to get out of this place and that you were successful and happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was one guy out here in Pittsburgh, huh, Sherry? He was a good friend of ours. His name's Harry Allbacker. He uh, performed a lot of the county fair circuits and so forth. And he died about 1992, actually, when he was performing. He actually collapsed and he, and he, and he died. I mean, wow, what a way to go. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, through my career, I've seen... Sadly, I've seen death instantaneously. I actually had someone die on stage one time when I was performing. Wow. And wow. so I was emceeing on a cruise ship and he was saying to me, well, can I, he was, you know, one of the passengers because Pastor, Pastor Talent and I, and I was the, I was cruise director. And he was saying to me, you know, I'd like to tell a joke. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, well, I want to tell a joke about, um, about those, the band. I said, what is it? Well, cause they were from, uh, I forget where they're from, but he said, um, so, well, I want to say over there, but they've already been there. And I said, this, it was a ridiculous joke. I said, sure. So he comes <laughs> on stage, I introduce him. He falls dead right in the spotlight, right on stage in the middle of the show. Wow. Is that and tough? so, yeah. And so I had to, uh, you know, we got the doctor and everybody, they acted like he was still alive with an ambu bag and everything. And they took him off, but I took the lights down I had the band play quietly. I did a prayer for him. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, folks, these other folks are still here to perform. We might as well finish out the cruise. I'm sure he would appreciate that because he wanted to be in the show, too. I got everybody right. applauding. And afterwards, the wife sent a nice letter to the cruise company. But follow up. Following week, I had an old guy come into the audition uh, the, or the rehearsal for the talent, Pastor and Talent Show. He scuffled in his feet and he said, I'd like to tell the joke about the snake with no pit to hiss in. And I said, Sure, that's no problem. You don't need to audition. We'll just have you in the show. And I, so he turned around, left on the dance floor, around that same spot. He fell and died instantly in front of everybody. Wow. So the moral of this story is never tell me a joke. Yeah, yeah I can yeah, see that. Whoa. Hey, how about the UK magician, Tommy Cooper? He's still on YouTube. I can't believe they can't take that thing down. That's I mean, crazy. 
wow he actually died at the at the royal palace theater or something and yeah he put on his chinese garb he was doing some uh some type of like an oriental rice bowl trick or something he just like kind of like fell over against the curtain and uh, it's still up i mean they cannot get wow you know, once it's on, once something's online, you never get rid of it. It's just like the the guy who died from the buried alive with the you know the cement and everything. It's oh, like, I remember that. That was Blackbeard Amusement Park. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, close. Wife and kids yeah, wife and kids were in the audience. Oh my goodness, it's terrible. But they, it never goes away. Once you're online with something, it's there forever in perpetuity. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You're right. Wow. You know, uh, when you guys are saying all that stuff about people dying online, I gotta make sure. Because I'm trying to go visit everybody, hopefully. And uh, when I go down to California by Anaheim or something to go to Walt Disney, I got to make sure wherever I do, thanks for telling me, uh, Mike. But I got to make sure, hey, Mike, you want to hear a joke? I yeah, don't do it. Yeah, right. Don't ever tell me a joke. Don't do that. <laughs> Otherwise, be the last he, might be joke me, <laughs> he might be writing about me in his second book. <laughs> yeah, well, see, Joe, that's a story, a book or a story you can write. The, the killing joke. Oh, I think they did that <laughs> with the Joker. But... Yeah, that was with Batman and the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> we could do version two with Mike Mesmer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? Uh, every time I would go with Jim, Jim Gray and Charlie over down in, uh, in Chiller Theater, one thing my wife always said every time you guys get an autograph to somebody, they die. <laughs> it's kind of funny because we got uh, Ernest Bornine. About two months later, you know, the guy dies. Wow. Leslie Nielsen, the guy dies. We get to wow. the guy dies. I can't say what. Oh wow! Hey, my wife went on to say, "You guys kill everybody, man." <laughs> That's wild. The, the only one that I got that he he didn't die that was uh, Lee Majors, and and it was kind of interesting because I was kind of disappointed when I got his autograph. He wasn't really a friendly guy. Oh really? Oh, oh. He wasn't, and and it shocked me because you know I. I I used to want to grow up to even be like this guy. Oh, I, absolutely. I used to close one eye on purpose a little bit more than the other. Uh, <laughs> I think in life he had a lazy eye, but I wanted to look like him, you know? It's so stupid when you look at things like that today, and then I'm like, here's my idol, and the guy didn't even... I shook his hand, and he's just like, hi, goodbye. <laughs> you know? Wow. <laughs> you know, I found my bionic man doll while I going through my garage, and it's so cool. I can look through the back of his head through his bionic eye. Yeah, I, yeah. I have him. I have him. Hey, but I will tell you, uh, opposite to your story, Eddie, and it, it was at the beginning of his career when things were going good. Um, I think maybe his career just is he's had a good career, but I think maybe along the way he just got, you know, mm -hmm. maybe pounded down. But I, when I was 16, I was actually a golf caddy for Lee Majors. And wow, and I'm looking right here at my golf ball that he gave me on the day of the event, his bodyguard, uh, Chuck, actually did magic. He was doing billiard balls for me when we were going around. Cool. And wow. uh, but I have on this ball it says Owen it says Lee Majors and he says it says Owen Marshall Counselor at Law in Big Valley. That is all he had done at that time. At that and, time. Uh, but yeah. he was so nice to me. I at the end of it, I said, Can I have your ball? He said, Sure, kid, and he threw it to me and I got it. But he said to me, Now I want to tell you, I got a new series coming out this year. It's called Six Million Dollar Man. He says oh. like, like james bond but he has superpowers i love oh that was such a cool show we used to yeah. look at the, every friday night my buddy and i would watch uh the six million dollar man oh it was so cool oh i, I, I imagine somehow that by me looking like him i would get a girlfriend like Farrah fawcett or or uh, <laughs> uh the other one that, that did the fall guy 
Oh yeah. Heather Thomas. <laughs> oh Heather Heather Thomas, yeah, yeah. I was in love with those two and and I thought I, whatever it was, but it was kind of you know, as kids, it's funny the way we try to imitate people. Like yeah. you imitate Lee Majors, I used to like, and then I used to love Steve Reeves, the Hercules. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you always try to grow up to be like that, and then you're like, it might be tardy, you know. But <laughs> when you look at over time, you you realize the fantasy of a of a like this guy said. And nine years old, his memory was that of a gnat, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, the bottom well, line, we just got to be content who we are, right? You yeah. get like well, that. and the thing is that, you know, like Elvis always said, it's very hard to live up to the image. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I'm at Graceland, but but the truth yeah. is that uh, it is true. You know, I, I looked up to Elvis quite a bit, but, you know, in his personal life, as we see with, you know, what ultimately happened with his daughter recently and everything, it's so sad. The whole lineage of Elvis uh, it's yeah. sad, you know, and he was bigger than life. I saw him 15 times in college. I was actually sitting on Graceland's front lawn uh, in about a month before Elvis passed away. And Lisa Marie was riding around in a golf cart. And this is before, wow. you know, Uncle Vester, his uncle, let, let us in to sit on the yard because Elvis didn't come out. And I was a big fan. I met everybody with Elvis. But it's very sad because the man was so amazing in public and also, you know, lot, kind to a lot of people. But he also evidently had his dark side. And, you know, it's, it's sad that ultimately you look at that, the whole Elvis thing. And it's just in a way, it's overwhelmingly sad, you know, with the grandson killing himself. And then Lisa Marie probably right. killing herself, um, hey, and, you know, that's that's a sad life. But you want to hear someone's going to make all you people laugh. When I was young, since I used to like Forever Forces Major so much, I'm like nine years old, give or take. Yeah. I read, I read one time in, uh, I, 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 whatever it was, Team Beat, whatever the magazine was that had Elvis on the cover, and it said he was making a, a pass at a Forever Fawcett Major, so they had been seeing each other, whatever it was. I got jealous at that, and I hated Elvis. <laughs> uh. And believe it or not, even growing up, I never kind of liked him too much, and I think it was because of that stupid childhood thing isn't it wow that's how retarded i'm telling you child i had the wildest memory man i think i made chuck and all you guys look uh i was i mean i tried to put my polaris sub inside my freaking tub Uh. i wanted to walk inside of it like i thought in my mind i could actually miniaturize myself and walk inside the damn thing it's crazy wow we i mean kids were had an imagination that oh yeah Definitely. And and then when I turned ten and eleven, I'm like, why was I thinking that? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You know, I, I might be the only one here that is not a fan of Elvis nor the six million dollar man. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> what the six million dollar man? Yeah, was I'm not a well, fan got- of either of them, man. I for some reason I Elvis, I can never get into his music and that. Oh. Six million dollar man. I tried watching a few of the shows. I just I, I couldn't get into it. Well, we got to take that dog hair off you. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you watch the one with Bigfoot that was actually under the giant? I love that one. I, I don't remember. I watched them. This was gosh, probably twenty years ago or so when I seen. I don't listen, remember which episode. Listen, but go I didn't care for it. Go on YouTube. I'm serious and watch him fight the the what do you call it the uh, Bigfoot and it's actually under the giant. It's scary as hell, man. You'll like that one. I'll bet you if you watch that, you'll fall in love with it. And next week, Joe will be, yo, Eddie, I, I can't stop binge watching them. Oh, yeah. How about the one with George Foreman guest starring under? That was cool. They're all cool. I liked them all. Yeah, they were good. They were they, Actually, the first season, the first few are a little slow because they were developing it. But when you get into the real, you know, the next season and the season out, they get much more uh, action-packed and interesting. 
Yeah, Oscar Goldman was cool. I liked him too. He oh yeah, really, yeah, very good actor. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. He always, I always looked at him as the guy that knew. Her. But you know something though, because of that show, I wanted to be an astronaut when I grew up. In fact, in the nineteen seventies, all kids, I think, wanted to grow up to be astronauts, and and I think ninety percent of it based on the six million dollar man. Oh, absolutely. They did change one character in there, Michael. I don't know if you remember that, but I do. Uh, the uh, the guy that played the his uh, doctor. Yes. He, the Rudy. Rudy, yeah, they did change the the, the the one guy to another man. They uh, did. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that per se, but yeah, they did. And you know, as kids, we didn't recognize. I never even realized until I was married later on that they had two bewitched guys. Uh, so much the same. I just thought it was the same person. I never realized that. You know. Wow, you didn't notice that. Oh my goodness. I mean, and, it was, no, and that's really a that's really a tale of two dicks because you had Dick York and Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess that is. Hey, but that, but that first Rudy, uh, Michael, he played, he played in Westworld, which yes. is one of the movies. He was, he was the robot builder. Uh, yes, Westworld. He was so cool. Westworld, that's one of my top ten movies of all time. Oh wow, I love it. I love it. it it's yeah. funny when you say that, but I don't think a lot of people in those times, you know, actually were able to realize that. Uh, like I said, with Bewitch and everything, because I read that a lot of people didn't realize they had changed the character. Yeah, uh, they kind of look the same, you know. Well, they were totally they were different, but they both had sort of that puzzled look with the forehead, you know. Right, yeah. right. Chuck, yeah. did you watch that that new Westworld series on HBO? I did. I watched the, I believe the first season. I tell you what, you know, it was it it was kind of rough. I didn't like it to be honest with you. I like the, I, you know what, I like the scenery. I like the stuff they did to a point, but not the, so much the concept behind it. No, it was. I couldn't watch past the first uh, season to be honest. That's, you know, I, I watched... That's how I was about Battlestar Galactic too, Joe, because yeah. I like the original, and when they did the new one, it, I couldn't warm up to it. Yeah. Now, now, see, I couldn't get into... Now, with Westworld, at the time when the HBO one came out, I hadn't watched the original movie yet. Uh, so I started Westworld HBO, and I got into like the third episode, and I said, I just... I can't do this. And I think one time talking on here with Chuck about the movie... I ended up watching the next day, and I absolutely loved the movie. Oh, wasn't, you know, wasn't that a cool movie? Your brother oh, made that movie. Oh, fantastic! I mean, it was it was a, just great from beginning to end. Oh yes. Now, now talking to Battlestar Galactica, I could never get into the original series, but right. the new one, I, I absolutely loved it. I think I binged that in like a week or so, and I was like, I want more of this. It was just, I, I just loved the whole concept that it kept you guessing on, you know, who was a Cylon, who was a human being, right. and just the whole concept and then the twist at the end kind of really made you think you know about the series and you know could something like that have happened before or did it happen you know it was really cool to think about i guess i'm spoiled because i was on the set of balasar galactica when i was young and Uh, and so because felix silla who played cousin ed he also was the uh the actually the stunt double for boxy and then he was tweaking on buck rogers uh, he had me he had me come down for a day on the set. And so I got kind of I guess I'm kind of attached to those shows, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Joe, uh, since you said that, it's kind of like one thing that really puzzles me. Everybody, of course, loves Star Trek, the old one, Captain James. Oh, but what, what do you call the guy, the bullheaded guy that did Star Trek, the next generation? <laughs> Captain Pickard, Captain Picker or something like that. Picard. On Luke Picard. Picard. Yeah. Let me tell you something. In all honesty, I think he was a much better actor than uh I mean, people are going to pray, but I think he acted very well. I'm kind of surprised that even when he makes appearances, 
in a lot of chillers and stuff. He doesn't get the crowd that you would get. But I, I thought, and, he, and right now I think he's doing a recent movie right now. I think that guy was really a good actor as a captain. Well, the oh, thing yeah. is that, you know, both him and Shatner were both from Shakespearean backgrounds. It just was different eras and different times. Uh, but they both had Shakespearean, you know, lineage uh, in Canada for Shatner and England for for uh, Patrick Stewart. So they mm -hmm. chose uh, quality actors for both. It just it was different times and a different presentation in those times. Yeah. You know, so, and it's funny if you talk to some, you know, real big Trekkies. Now, I, I like the original series the best. However, I grew up with. Uh, the next generation, you know, that was always on TV. That's what I, I had watched first as a young one. And I really enjoy that one too. But if man, you get into some people that are really into star Trek, man, you could start some fist fights, but <laughs> talking about yeah. who's the better captain. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem yeah, you, is it's, it's the thing is, here's the deal on this, Joe. You know, the original cast was the original cast and without, without Shatner, there wouldn't have been all the sequels because you had to have captain Kirk, for everything else to happen after that right yeah absolutely and you know what i've i've read some reviews on the new series with uh picard and it, it, there's it's really not doing so good it's kind of like they're really tarnishing his his reputation as a captain i haven't watched any of them so i don't know firsthand and i don't plan on watching it because i like to remember him you know as he was with the original series but you know, I, I never kind of, I never went off on the other ones like Deep Deep Space Nine or any of those. Yeah, I just like the original one and and Next Generation. I think they're they're fantastic series. You could, you don't have to watch it beginning to end on any of them. You could, you know, pick right. up an episode here and there, and still enjoy it. Well, I think there's a lot of a lot of. I'm hoping the third season of Picard will be really good. They're bringing back most of the Next Gen cast, including you know Gates McFad, all of them, uh, and Riker, all of them. So hopefully there'll be a little bit of the original magic in this one. What they did up till now, the problem is, Joe, I don't know if you noticed, but I, you probably haven't watched uh, you know, Discovery or any of those, but the storytelling is very illogical. And with Star Trek, it has to be logical. Um, you know, the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek is Star Wars is a, is a science fiction fantasy, where Star Trek is science fiction. In other words, near science. And so when you get away from that, when you get it to become more Star Wars than Star Trek, um, it just starts not working. It doesn't work like Star Trek should. Having said that, the Orville combines both beautifully. You know what? I, I still haven't watched the Orville. I heard that it's really good. And, you know, I like Seth MacFarlane and all the stuff that he does. But I, I haven't watched the Orville yet. It's on my list. But everyone I've talked to says that they absolutely love it. The third season is phenomenal. The second, second half of the second season into the third season, it's just phenomenal. At first, it was sort of a... Uh, sort of a, a play it was sort of a funny version of star trek but then they got serious and man that last third season was the best star trek i've seen in decades wow yeah, that's really cool you know you, on shows like that you have to have good writing and you know this has been my my gripe i guess with hollywood over the last several years is that the writing has really gone down yes and it's taken the place of hey let's just pump this out so we can make millions or billions uh -huh. of dollars and let's make another one so we could pump that out and yeah, there's really no story there yeah. absolutely and also just illogical jumps in, in the story plot and the plot where one minute someone i was watching greece okay i took my wife out to see greece for her birthday and then i was thinking to myself you know one minute rizzo is pregnant she's depressed the other girl's <laughs> saying she's going to 
change for you know the sandy care is going to change for for the travolta character and then just in the next scene they're all singing happy we're all together oh. and and and, yeah. and sandy changes to become this this slutty girl to please the guy and i <laughs> thought this happened all in one jump from one scene to the next one scene yeah. Hey guys, I have to jump in here because we are down to one minute left oh. on the podcast. This wow. discussion has gone very quick, and I'm, I'm sure we could talk forever on these subjects. But real quick here, I want to thank everybody out there in podcast land for joining us week after week. Please subscribe to us on whatever platform you find us on. Give us a five-star review if you're enjoying what we're doing here. Also, catch us on houseoftheunusual.com. That is our flagship site. We have a free form there. You could sign up. Uh, talk to us, talk to some like-minded individuals. And if you want to be on the podcast or you want us to discuss a certain topic, that is the place to let us know. Also, we're on YouTube. Just type in the search engine, House of the Unusual. It'll pop up. Chuck and Eddie are always putting up some fantastic videos. You guys will spend hours on there watching the videos over and over. Also, subscribe to that. You know, Like the videos, all that good stuff. Leave some comments if you so choose. And, guys, that's all the time we got got today. So, Chuck, Sherry, Michael, Eddie, thanks for joining us. Everyone out there, thank you, and good night. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. God bless.